Hello and welcome into the Gotta Be Saints podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Gotta. Join me each week as I tackle life's most important question, how do I become a saint? Today's podcast is titled, Attachment to God Alone. When I was in fourth grade, my dad signed me up for the school basketball team. Until then, I'd never played a competitive sport. It was all new to me. That said, I instantly fell in love, so much so that I still remember quite a lot about that first season. We ended up going 7-1 and one in league play, losing only our first game, a game that I was not at. After that, we ended up being put in the gold bracket, which was for all the best teams. We ended up losing that game 32-13 to to St. Matthews, but everyone was able to hold their heads up high because we had a great season. Everyone, that is, except me. I was the only kid on this 12-man roster to not score a single point that year. Nine games, lots of minutes, no points. Even Josh Rotano scored. I cried, went into the corner, and cried. From there, I vowed to get better, and I somewhat did, to the point where I ended up becoming obsessed with basketball. But it wasn't just basketball, it was baseball, football, golf, tennis, whatever sport I could play, whatever sport I could watch, I was interested in it. This led me to buying lots of basketball jerseys when I was in high school and college, soccer jerseys, whatever I could get my hands on. Heck, I even had sports posters on my wall. And of course, my dad, being the good holy man that he is, hated it. He understood that this was me building an idol to something that I shouldn't be idolizing. To the point where I had a poster of his heirness, Michael Jordan, on my wall. And after just days, my dad came in and tore it down, ripping it up, telling me and my brother that we shouldn't idolize these athletes. At the time, I thought it was crazy. But now, a few years older and hopefully a little bit wiser, I recognize my father's wisdom. Sports are good, and it's good to have things in our lives that we, we look to better ourselves with. But to a certain point, we do have to look and say, has this become an idol? On today's podcast, I'll be talking with Kaylee Pritchard about just that. Attachment to God alone and detachment from the things in our lives that mean so much to us, that sometimes take precedent over our God. Thank you, Kaylee, for being on. I truly appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Brendan. To introduce my, to introduce Kaylee, she is my sister, actually, and so the second sibling of mine to be on the show. Uh, just to give you a little backstory on Kaylee, Kaylee is the second of seven children and from a young age she loved running and just loved helping out around the house. She is a graduate of Franciscan University where she studied theology. Then she taught at a Catholic school in Northern Virginia and then followed that up by getting her master's in theology. Following that She went and taught at another good Catholic school in the D.C. area. But after a few years of doing that, she decided that she wanted to change course with her career. 
and moved to the Pittsburgh area to get a degree in nursing. While there, she met her husband, Stefan, and now currently lives in Columbus with her husband and their one beautiful little girl, Lucy, also known as my goddaughter, also known as my favorite human in the world. <laughs> so Kaylee is the best, and it's evident by her children because they're amazing. Or Lucy so really, is amazing. I'm not the best. It's Lucy. Kay- Kaylee's also great, but you know, if push comes <laughs> to shove, Lucy or Kaylee, I don't know who I'm choosing. Just kidding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Kaylee's on today. Um, just to talk, you know, as I said in my introduction, to talk about attachment and detachment from uh, things of the world. And so, Kaylee, if you could just tell your story. I know before we started recording, we talked a little bit about running. So if you want to hit on that and just how you came to develop a love for it, and then at times how it might have led to something you needed to detach yourself from, um, and then we can go from there. All right. Thanks, Brendan. So I think my um, just kind of desire or love of running started in grade school. Um, I ran a 300-yard dash that we would have to do each year. And I just remember I ran so hard that I was actually in the uh, gym teacher's office on the ground. um, And they had to rush and get the nurse because I had essentially passed out. And, you know, ever since that point, I feel like I just, there was this desire within me to get better, um, to push harder than other people were willing to do. Um, And that kind of, even after I'd come home from school and be like, go to basketball practice or whatever, I would run a couple miles around the cul-de-sac in our neighborhood And I just remember being out there and like having some neighbors even kind of be like, say things to me, like, you know, I'm the running girl or something like that whenever they would see me. And I loved it. I loved just that. Like I was, I think it set me apart. I felt like I was, man, are we different? Oh, I know. They called me the plump boy. (laughs) Sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) No, you were out there on your bike, like chasing me. Um, or eating in the kitchen, one of the two. Right, that too, that too. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, I think it just, it was something that I was really passionate about. And again, I was pretty, I was decent at it. Like, I don't want to say that I was this like all-star runner, but it was something that I knew I could get better at. And um, so I, even in, as I was a, in seventh grade, I started running with my sister's high school team. And I remember the first day going to that practice, I was so nervous. And um, my sister, Alyssa, and um, a friend of hers were like, okay, we're doing a two-mile loop. There's no way you're going to be able to do it with us. Just stay with us as long as you can. And I was like, heck, I'm going to, like, I'm going to beat you guys. I don't think I can't do this. And um, I don't think I beat them. I mean, it wasn't a race, but I definitely stayed with them. And I think they kind of realized, like, okay, this girl – um, she, she wants to be good at this. Um, so, you know, unfortunately high school wasn't very successful for me, but, um, I went to college and ran at Franciscan. Um, and it it took till about my senior year before I kind of had a breakthrough and finally ran some decent times for a college runner. Um, but I think my, 
my true love really took off after college. Um, I started, I coached, I was the assistant coach at both high schools that I taught at and I completed, I've done six marathons. Um, and you know, I think that there's a lot of unfinished business there, but it's always, it's continued to be something that I can really work at something that people don't, most people, I don't think quite understand, um, which is both good and bad at times. Um, I kind of laugh because my husband, Stefan, like listens to probably like six Penn State podcasts each week. And I don't understand that at all. But then there I am like watching running videos or reading about running or listening to podcasts. So I'm just like, all right, well, I guess this is where, uh, (laughs) you know, I can't make fun of your, your uh, interests. Um, But yeah, I think it's continued running has always just been that thing that kind of, I think, sets me apart. Um, something that I will, I think, just want to do the rest of my life because I always just, I like to move. Um, Brennan, as you know, I have a really hard time sitting <laughs> for any period of time, which is now rubbed off on my daughter because I think we should probably get her like a Fitbit or something because that girl does not sit down anymore. She's always moving. You wouldn't know it by the way she looks, though. You would no, think you she's wouldn't. Sedentary. <laughs> yes, you would. Um, she also eats a lot, but so do I. Clearly. So. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's kind of like my running uh, story. Just something that, again, something I've always, I've always loved. Um, But I think to the point of like idolatry is, you know, at each kind of stage in my life, it's always been something where I think I can say I'm trying to give glory to God with it. In college, that was a huge thing. I remember being a freshman and like people would literally be like, okay, we're going to like, you know, offer up our runs for something. And at the time I thought that was like ridiculous. I just was kind of like, where are we right now that people do this? But in time, like I learned that was, that was really beautiful to like offer exercise or something like that. Um, again, maybe for intentions, maybe just to glorify God. Um, and I think that I've had a pretty healthy relationship with it. Um, that always trying to do that, like offering intentions. When I ran my first marathon, I asked the students in my class to like write down intentions they wanted me to offer up on the run. And that was really powerful for me. Um, but I've also, you know, ever since having my daughter, I have a lot less time and, um, you know, much to my chagrin, I think, um, my I, my uh, Fitbit at one point died and Stefan was like, okay, let's get you an iWatch. And I was like, I don't need that. Um, but soon, like having that iWatch, I became a little bit obsessed with my running and like would always be just checking the boxes. Did I like close all my rings today? Did I get the calorie goal, whatever? Um, and soon I think this, my love of running be, kind of became more of an attachment to something other than just just to glorify God or just to get exercise and to do something I loved. It became much more of a, I must do this. And if I don't do this, then I'm going to have like a terrible day. Um, 
and I won't feel complete. I won't feel like I deserve anything or that I've done anything good with my day. Um, and you know, it was recently Brennan knows that, um, just a couple of weeks ago, I kind of had been building up for, um, to do some type of race in the fall, like a marathon, but because of COVID that's just not happening. So I just decided one day I was like, all right, I'm just going to go run a marathon on my own. Um, and the night before that, um, Stefan, my husband kind of made a comment to me, uh, and he said something along the lines of, you know, I hope you complete this tomorrow because I kind of want you to get that itch out. And I know he wasn't saying that to be like, you've put way too much emphasis on this or you're, you're, you know, wasting time doing this because I don't think I was, um, I really wasn't running that much each week, but I think that he was saying some, he was kind of saying to me, you care too much about this. You're, you're not like in a, you're not doing this for your health anymore. You're not doing this because you love it. You're doing this just because like, there's real no, there's really no reason. Um, it, and is this because you're trying to look a certain way or you're trying to prove something to someone? Um, and you know, his words that night really sat with me and I felt really unsettled. Um, because ultimately, like I say so often, or I talk, you know, Brenna, we've had so many conversations about the saints or becoming holy and detaching ourselves. And in a lot of ways, as Brendan, you know, I'm a pretty simple person. Like I've had lots of people tell me that my, you know, before I got married, but probably even now I would say my bedroom looks like a monastery or something like it just or a cell. It's just very simple. I, I don't like things. However, um, this is all very true. And it's true. I've had <laughs> lots of people say things like that to me, or even siblings feel like you could decorate a little bit more. Um, but we're but kindred honestly, spirits in that regard. Yes, I know, Brenda. <laughs> but honestly, like I have plenty of my own attachments um, or idols, and I think running or exercise really um, has become that or had become that in, in some ways. And, and would it be fair to say that it is a, it's a, it's something you constantly have to check, you know, put in check, um, you know, to the point where you're, you have an understanding, you know, to what you just said, you know, your husband, uh, Stefan said to you, you know, I hope that this gets the itch out and, you know, it makes you a little more self-aware of, of it. And so now it's this balancing act of, it is a good thing. Running is good. And I think, you know, that's the whole point of this topic um, today for anyone listening for Kaylee, you know, the thing that she might have to put in check is running or exercise for me. You know, it's this love of watching, reading, participating, anything sports related. I can, you know, easily, um, put too much stock in at times, you know, I have to be watching it. Um, so would you agree that, you know, it is one of those things that sometimes just, you know, it's constantly going to be there um, in the sense of you can give God glory through this thing. And then at times, sometimes you do have to scale back because you have to say, is it, is it too consuming? 
Right. Of course. I think that with anything we have to look at it that way. And honestly, I think the biggest for me personally, um, is when I really do like a good examination of my own conscience, can I say that I'm like, if running is taken away from me or exercise in general, or if I go a couple days without doing it or I'm sick or whatever the case, like, am I going to feel like satisfied? Like, am I going to feel like life's going to go on? Like there will always be running. There will always be running, but there will not always be. Well, okay. Maybe I become paralyzed. (laughs) I shouldn't laugh about that. Um, No, but, Uh, Okay. Yes. God willing, there's always running. There will not always be like my, you know, 15 month old chubby daughter to run around with and have fun with. There will not always be, um, you know, like what, you know, this life is not forever. And that's something, um, you know, Brenda, I kind of mentioned before of, you know, in reading about the saints, especially some of these more like modern ones um that when you read kind of like their biographies you i love reading about the ones that were athletes or love sports and it might be like they were a really good basketball player or you know they love baseball whatever but no one lists it doesn't list anywhere like what their times were or how many um you know three-point shots the person made in their lifetime or whatever um because that doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter if I have 30 days in a month where I close all my rings or if I never do it because that doesn't matter. And in the end, ultimately, like even for, you know, my daughter or my spouse or whatever, like they don't care like how fast I am or what I accomplished. They're going to remember you know, the time I spent with them and like how much I love them. Um, and so I think again, like to go back, I think it has to be the question of when we examine our conscience, like, you know, am I so attached to this that I will be disturbed if I'm not getting to accomplish what I want or could Christ truly strip me of it? And I'm not saying it's not going to be hard, really hard, but could I be purged of that? And like, you know, and, and, and just be able to suffer in that way, if that's what I'm called to, whatever, like, if that's, if that's the worst of my sufferings that I can't run, well, you know, wow, I don't even, yeah, people and I, suffer far worse. <laughs> no, and I, I think you're right. And I think, you know, for, for anyone listening to this, you know, the, the whole premise is, uh, God, God gives each and every one of us different passions, things that we end up coming to love, things that honestly, if used in the right way, we give glory to God with. You know, Kaylee, you've been able to give glory to God in your, in your running. I think one of the things that I liked the most is you talked about offering up those runs. You know, there is power in, in that, in, in the ability to, to sacrifice and to offer something up for for the good of another person, reparation, and that's beautiful. Uh, but to that point, there's still this, this reality of if, if this great thing was taken from us, how do we respond? You know, at St. John of the Cross, I have a quote pulled up that I want to share. Uh, I just think it, it's beautiful. He says, 
if you purify your soul of attachment to and desire for things, you will understand them spiritually. If you deny your appetite for them, you will enjoy their truth, understanding what is certain in them. If you deny your appetite for them, you will enjoy their truth, understanding what is certain in them. Mm. He's not saying, of course, that we need to completely get rid of anything that we truly enjoy in our life. What he's saying is we need to be able to, to balance it and understand it for what it is, that the person you are, the person that I am, is not determined based on these these things we love. So if if you didn't have running, if I didn't have professional sports to watch, to talk about, or even sports to play, I'm the same person in the eyes of our Lord. And he gives these things to us as a blessing and as a gift, um, but they can't define us. You know, I think I I remember in in college, um, and, you know, I think avoiding idols is something that I've always had to, you know, I've had to keep in check. But I remember in college, uh, friends of mine or people I didn't know who were so consistent in their, in their workout routine, they were in the gym every single day. And yet, I could ask them to pray a rosary with me, and they'd probably say, no, they didn't have enough time. And I'm not judging them. I don't have a understanding of their heart. But it was always interesting to me because it made me question or ask, what's more important? And understanding now, as I'm now 26, almost 27, I understand that everyone comes from different places. And if growing up in your household, one was put at the forefront by your parents, it makes sense that you would think that that exercise is more important. Um, But I think the whole point is there has to be a balance. We have yes. to we have to balance the two. And and some of you listening, I apologize if sports doesn't connect with you. There's <laughs> other things. You know, there's there's uh, the attachment to to just knowing everything. You know, I think we all know those people who are just so smart. And what do they do every day? They look to be gaining more knowledge. And this is a good thing. It's a beautiful thing. You know, when you're able to find that uh, cure for the coronavirus, while well, I literally couldn't tell you what an atom is we're thankful <laughs> for you because you were out reading and I was shooting a basketball on the court next to my house but there's still a uh, there's a fine balance of those things and you know like I said that with that quote by St. John of the Cross it just kind of says if you deny that appetite you're going to enjoy the truth um, and it kind of comes to full circle for us to understand what that is so I know, Kaylee, before you and I started talking about this topic, um, you, re- you mentioned that your husband had uh, something to do with you coming to see this, uh, but you also shared a story with me. If you wouldn't mind, I think um, our listeners at home would love to hear the story of uh, just what that priest said to you, um, you know, that kind of got you thinking about balancing uh, your love for running and making sure it's not uh, ever being put above God. Sure. So... I think it was a week after I did the marathon and I just kind of, I was like, I really need to just go to confession and like confess this. I don't even know what I'm going to say because what am I going to say? Like I'm obsessed with exercise. Like I I just felt so stupid. 
But literally I went in there and I just said, like, I think I'm idolizing exercise. And it was definitely like, I mean, this was probably one of the best confessions I've ever had only because I felt like Christ was really speaking to my heart that day. And this priest who is a young priest, um, but I remember when he first became the priest at this parish, um, and he said, he told the story of how growing up, he was like 400 pounds. Um, and he went on a diet and, you know, lost a lot of weight. And now he's pretty healthy, whatever. But in that confessional, he said to me, he's, he kind of went back to that. He said, you know, I, even when I was 400 pounds, I exercised every day. Um, but he said, you kind of need to ask yourself the question, why are you doing this? And he didn't really say much more. But it got me just to thinking, you know, to think that, yeah, why? Why am I doing this again? Like I was saying earlier, to check the boxes or to burn a certain amount of calories, to look a certain way, um, to prove something, you know? Or am I doing this again, maybe to glorify God? Or because, yes, God has given me this desire and this passion, and it can be used for good. But, Brennan, like what you said, like, you know, I remember very distinctly and still people, I, maybe not so much now, um, but when I was single and I would have discussions with people about my interests, my desires, whatever. And it always came down to like, you're a good runner. And I hated that because I am not just a runner. Like that does not define me. And if that's the only thing that someone can find to, you know, characterize me well that's sad that's sad for me <laughs> um because i i don't want to just be defined or remembered as someone who runs like that's that's not my identity um anyways no i think you're right and i think uh you sharing that gets me thinking about saint ignatius of loyola who i think is a wonderful example to all of us of um, the balance between, you know, doing these things for self and then doing these things to glorify God, um, just to give the briefest of backgrounds with St. Ignatius of Loyola, uh, you might know him, you listeners might know him as the, the founder of the Jesuits, but before that, you know, he was a military um, leader and he was in battle and one time a cannonball hit him and greatly messed up his leg. And so he went to the doctor and he at this time was not a religious man at all, not a spiritual man at all. And the doctor fixed his leg. And when he woke up, he looked at it and to his horror, he hated the way it looked. It was still, you know, kind of discombobulated, messed up. They didn't, they botched the surgery in a sense. Sorry, that's the <laughs> word that came to my mind. They botched the surgery. And so in his pride and in his uh, ego, he looked at the doctor and he said, well, re-break it because I'm not going to look like a cripple. And so literally he had them break his leg again to put it into place to fix it. Well, fast forward, he eventually came in that bed during his healing process. He came to read the lives of the saints because that was the only book they had available. And as he's reading these, he thought about all the glory he's ever wanted in this life. And he came to realize 
wait a second, I think I've got it all wrong. I love the glory that comes from the battlefield. I love the honor that I receive in my valor, in my goodness, in my truth, and in me pursuing greatness. And yet, what I'm doing it for is wrong. You know, you asked, you said that question that the priest gave you, why are you doing this? That was the same question that St. Ignatius of Loyola had to ask himself. And he came to understand that, you know, his popular phrase, ad majorum de gloriam, all for the glory of God, that became his new mantra. No longer was it for the glory of Ignatius, but it was for the glory of God. And I think you and I and anyone listening to this, that's something we have to focus on. We have to look and say, why are we doing this and are we doing it for him? Because there's nothing wrong with running a marathon. There's nothing wrong with loving basketball. There's nothing wrong with every time you go out and do something, wanting to do your best. Nothing wrong with pursuing a 4.0 in college, wanting to be a doctor, et cetera, et cetera. But why are you doing it? And are you doing it for him? And if you are, then to all to God be the glory. You're doing it for the right reasons. But it is a question that I think we have to ponder and ask ourselves. And so uh, I guess, Kaylee, now my next question would just be for someone at home who is truly listening to this and says, you know, maybe now you're recognizing something in your life that's become an idol. How does one step back and allow God to become the focus? Uh, Do you have any practical tips or just anything in your life that has kind of helped you get to that point? Um, I mean, I think first and foremost, again, it's the examination of your conscience and like truly examining, not doing what I did for so long where it was like, you know, okay, running is, yes, I'm getting a little bit obsessive, but it's still a good thing. Like, but no, really like stripping yourself and asking those questions. I think going, like making sure that we're putting prayer and, and, and perhaps mass, if you can get to daily mass first, um, you know, like I have been so blessed to be able to go to mass daily still with my daughter. And it's not the most enjoyable thing in the world. I definitely can tell you that. Um, but I show up and I know that like God's grace is very present. Um, And why I say that is just to say, like, do we put things like prayer? Do we put things like mass or adoration first? And if, if we're, if you can truly say like, I'd rather put, you know, my running or my time with basketball or whatever you're, you know, you're reading a book ahead of those things. Not that like Brennan said, not that those aren't really good things, but if we don't make time um, for our prayer life. Uh, Mother Teresa said that if you're too busy to pray, you're too busy. So like, again, if we're not putting those, if we don't make time for those things, um, and put that first and then do our activities, then we're probably putting too much emphasis on, on these things that we're saying are good in our lives. Um, and we probably are making them idols. And I know not everyone has the opportunity to, you know, go to mass every day. Maybe you have to pick and choose sometimes whether you're going to exercise or go to mass or something like that. But, you know, I think to really just ask ourselves those questions and 
um, you know, is, yeah, again, are we, are we, are we too busy? Um, and if we're too busy, then maybe we need to cut some of those activities out in order to make more time for Christ. Amen. Amen. I, I totally agree. And um, yeah, I think it's just, it, it's that balancing act and you do have to ask yourself. Um, and, you know, Mother, Mother Teresa says, we must have another, another quote I pulled. I think it's worth sharing. We must have a real living determination to reach holiness. I will be a saint means I will despoil myself of all that is not God. I will strip my heart of all created things. I will live in poverty and detachment. I will renounce my will, my inclinations, my whims and fancies, and make myself a willing slave to the will of God. God alone, in the most real sense, you know, that, that phrase means a lot to me if anyone knows me. They know uh, that's one of St. Louis de Montfort's favorite phrases, God alone. And uh, if you've ever seen me uh, with my big wallet, it literally says God alone on it. I have it stitched in there. Or as <laughs> with CJ would all your say, money. Yeah, all 12 bucks. <laughs> but it says God alone on it. And I think, you know, that's kind of a mantra of mine. And I think it's a mantra that we're called to kind of, kind of have. Um, and, you know, Philip Neary says, give me 10 truly detached men's and I will convert the world with them. Give me 10 truly detached men and I will convert the world with them. Um, it's a calling, brothers and sisters, that we all have. Uh, so let us seek that and let us uh, try to do our very best to, to be the people we're called to be. Uh, Kaylee, do you have any final thoughts on this topic? Um, I think you and I could probably continue to talk about this for quite a while, but um, I think, you know, any, any final thoughts you want to share with, with our listeners? No, I think you've done a pretty good job, Brendan. <laughs> well, then I will go to our two Gotta Be Saints questions. Uh, Kaylee, okay. if you had to have a Mount Rushmore of your favorite saints, what would it be? All right. So of course I've, since I listened to your podcast, I've uh, done my research and um, love I think that my, for me. <laughs> and you. my saints probably change every day, but um, so I'll just say the two that everybody knows John Paul II. Um, just, I don't know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Put your hands in the my air. hands in the air. People at home. <laughs> um, I am weird. John Brendan, I think you were you were there when we went to Missouri, weren't you, and saw him? Yes, I've seen John Paul II in the flesh, people. Okay, so in if the you flesh. Are jealous of me, <laughs> you can be jealous now. Um, yeah, but I just remember going, and as a kid, like I'm pretty sure I cried. Like there's something about that man, like when you got close to him, that you were like, "Holy crap, this man is so close to God." Um, anyway, if he's so able John to make your crap holy, wow, he really is special. <laughs> um and then saint jose maria scriba just because he i just love the ordinary saints oh now it's a face pop <laughs> sorry that got me even more excited <laughs> well the i love next both two, of them they're both on the logo so clearly i'm a fan of both right right i should have shout out to zelly and lou for this great logo you get free advertisement today <laughs> keep going kaylee um okay but my two other ones that you probably i don't are a little more obscure 
So the Saint Laura of Acuna, she was like a um, early 20th century saint. Can you say she that died. again? Sorry, Saint Laura of Acuna. Okay. Um, and she, um, what I love about her, she died really young. I think she was like 15 or something. But she was, um, I'm not sure if she, I think she was, but I knew, I know for sure her mother was abused by her, um, I think it was like a stepfather. Um, anyways, this young girl decided like, cause her mother was unwilling to get out of this relationship. I mean, who knows what that really means, but, um, she decided to offer her life for her mother. And so she just was perpetually praying for her and, um, at one point she told her mother that and her mother like had this great conversion. Um, and, and anyways, St. Laura is, she said, suffer silently and smile always. Um, but yeah, I just, I like her, um, a young girl willing to give her life. And then the other one is, and this woman is just, I think amazing. Um, she's only a servant of God right now, but it's Chiara Petrio. Um, she, died in 2012 and um she had she had two children that she gave birth to but neither of them lived longer than i think like 30 minutes um and then the third child she gave birth to um was perfectly healthy but before she had that baby she developed carcinoma which metastasized um, and she, I don't know how soon after the baby was born did she die, but just like this woman, this powerful woman who is a mother, I, I can't imagine that pain as a mother. Um, but, and, and she's just, so normal. Yeah, she's so if read, normal. If you read her biography, she is just, she's so human and yet so beautiful. Yeah, she, yeah. They have pictures of like her in the biography, like in a bikini. Not that that... <laughs> I don't know why I'm telling you that. So if you're wearing a bikini, there's hope. That's what Kaylee <laughs> wants you to know. No, that's not. You can you can be a saint in a bikini. <laughs> that is the message for today. No, actually, I was reprimanded in college for wearing a bikini. So, anyways, um... I was I was also reprimanded in college. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um no I don't yeah but anyways no she just like Bren said she's she's very human and uh just clearly was willing to offer up all this intense suffering so I hope she becomes a saint one day and I think her husband's gonna get there too that'd be awesome just his attitude and how he's pursued holiness before she left this earth and you know since then as well yeah but that's that's my Mount Rushmore well, that's a pretty good one. I, I like the last two. I'm going to have to look up St. Laura. Um, lastly, Kaylee, I always ask, when you die, what are you going to be the patron saint of? Oh, right. So if you ask Alyssa, our sister, she'll say like, um, what did I? Oh, sorrowful souls. I said that one day. I was like, I think I'm a sorrowful soul. She's like, what does that even mean? Um, I don't know. Would you like to explain? <laughs> no. Anyways, um, no, I think I'd probably be like runners with back injuries just because as Brendan knows, I have had a whole host of back injuries throughout my lifetime of running and probably enough for people to be like, why do you still run? But, oh, well, it, you know, I guess it uh, forces me to take a break sometimes. 
Yeah, well, your uh, bowling ball of a daughter doesn't help that because no, she's she so definitely big and she, yeah. Uh, she's thinning she, out. We hate to see it. <laughs> well, those are pretty good answers. I appreciate you uh, you answering those and taking the time today to, to speak, Kay. It's always a blessing to hear your insights and see how the Lord is speaking through you and working in you. Uh, if you are listening to this and want to talk to someone about running and also just being detached and being a mom. I mean, Kaylee is an expert on all these things insofar as she puts the Lord first and she uh, is a very humble and contrite person. So uh, trying, Brennan. If you're if you're interested in learning more from her, feel free to reach out to me and I'll just give you her email. And I would love she it. didn't agree to this, but now it's now it's been given. Yeah, well, you know what? I want to become like a running coach, so maybe uh, some people will reach out to me. Yeah, this girl ran Boston. She's really fast, and she Free likes publicity. it way, way too much. <laughs> so, um, if you're interested in somebody like that, uh, just let me know. But thank you once again, Kaylee, for for taking the time uh, to do this. It really does mean so much to me, and I, I hope people at home are able to gain something from this. Thanks, Brennan. Everyone have a wonderful day and God bless.